College admissions and transitions can be overwhelming. SATs, AP classes, resumes, financial aid, and the list goes on. We as parents and counselors are here to help our teenagers make sense of it all and empower them to make good decisions. If you want to see your child succeed in that transition, which we all do, it comes down to helping them accept who they are. That's why we created Self Accepted, guiding families through college admissions and big transitions. This bi-monthly podcast will answer the questions that we hear parents asking all the time, so you'll be prepared to send your child into their bright future. Hi, I'm Dr. Beth Denard. My students and their families call me Yoda Beth. Not because I've trained Jedi for 800 years, but something pretty close. For the last 40 years, I've helped families prepare and transition their students successfully into adulthood. A pretty comparable feat, don't you agree? I'm the owner and director of Bright Futures Consulting, a U.S. Air Force veteran, former college admissions counselor, mentor, mom, and grandmother. I'm excited to share what I know with you, both from my formal education and the School of Hard Knocks. I want to lead you away from misleading information and the college frenzy and closer to having answers that move your teenager forward towards their bright future. Let's get into it. here in Houston, Texas, our very first episode, and you're listening to Self Accepted, the bi-monthly podcast guiding families through college admissions and transitions. I'm Dr. Beth Denard of Bright Futures Consulting, a wholehearted, forward-thinking company that ignites the flame of self-discovery and creative growth in each student we meet. We bring together a strong community of families, keeping them well-informed with the best resources for your children's success. Welcome to the Bright Futures family. In this episode, our very first, we're going to talk about what self-acceptance looks like, why it's important to establish before you and your students start the college admissions process, and what pitfalls to look out for. We'll also reveal your child's secret weapon that will help them succeed every single day for the rest of their lives. On April 5th, join us in Houston for Paying for College, Financial Positioning and Smart Strategies, This workshop will be hosted by my good friend Raymond Van Buskirk and Bright Futures. He's an expert and will give you all the scoop. So to find out more, go to my website, brightfuturesllc.com backslash show notes for details. Since this is our first episode of Many to Come, be sure to check out our show notes at brightfuturesllc.com backslash show notes. We'll put all of our resources there for you to refer back to. Today, I want to talk to you about jeans. Yep, the good old blue jeans. Think about how your favorite pair of jeans fit. The ones you wear to the grocery store to pick up the kids, go to the football games or swim meets. They have a little stretch in there to allow for those extra donuts that you sneak in. Yeah, you always feel good wearing those, don't you? These jeans may not make you feel the most chic version of yourself, but they are you. Now I want you to think about your special dress-up jeans, the ones you wear out to happy hour or to parent-teacher conferences when you want to impress the teacher with how to put, how put together you are. You know, those are your reach jeans, the ones that don't quite get worn as often and don't nearly have enough stretch as your comfy jeans. They are definitely not as comfy as your everyday jeans, but they make you feel sharp and at the top of your game. Both pairs of jeans are in your wardrobe. They are both you. And while you can take a friend to help you pick out a new pair of jeans and comment on how each pair looks, it always comes down to how they make you feel. Are they you? 
You need to try them on in the mirror and decide for yourself. That's me. You need to accept yourself as you are and know what feels good to you. Likewise, your son and daughter need to decide on their own what feels natural and what is them. Self-accepting who they are. Self-acceptance is critical to the process of transitioning from a child to a self-sufficient adult. Leaving your wonderful home for college, the military, or a job entails risk. The college application process can be especially risky because there is so much weight and value that our society puts on the college brand. Think of all the money that colleges spend on their branding swag, t-shirts, bumper stickers. Here in Texas, we have Aggie Mom, etc. There is so much pride. Getting into college has become an American rite of passage, and there's a lot involved to do it well. What I'm suggesting here is a student needs to know and accept their brand, their unique strengths, weaknesses, interests, risk tolerance, before focusing on the brand of the colleges where they would like to attend. The key to a successful transition is not valuing the college brand over personal identity of the student who wears the college brand. I once had a student whose dad was a chiropractor, Ivy League graduate and former professional hockey player, truly a pinnacle of success in our culture's eyes. When we first started working with her, her dad had the financial talk, which we will discuss in our next podcast. He fixed her four-year college budget at $100,000. That was all that was in the pot. Her dream school was and always had been Duke University. So I asked her, are you going to be fine if you get into Duke, but you don't qualify for need-based aid? She responded with, wow, I don't really want to come out of college with debt. Money has also been a big tripping point in my family, and I don't want money to be a conflict. It was more important for her to keep peace in her family and stay within her family's budget than to go to her dream school and incur debt. So she alone decided to take the REACH schools off her list, and instead she applied for colleges which were still prestigious and a good fit and which fit her budget. Ultimately, she got into every college she applied to, received merit scholarships, and even a fellowship at the University of Miami, where she decided to enroll. Ultimately, she applied and attended law school, and she currently practices and teaches international law. Because she did not have debt, she never slowed down and kept moving forward toward her goals. See what happened there? This student decided what felt right to her and succeeded because of it. Another good example of self-understanding and college fit is somewhat like the Aesop fable of the tortoise and the hare. Two very different young men whose educational journeys were vastly different, but they ended up working for the exact same pay in the exact same company. One of these was a typical all-American boy who was popular, intelligent, and athletic. The other was very bright, but lacked motivation in his high school academics, barely scraping by. The All-American went to Harvard for his undergraduate degree, and the slacker got into UT's Summer Gateway program, which no longer exists. Basically, UT Austin took a chance on him, and there was no guarantee he would start in the fall. The All-American boy succeeded and did really well at Harvard, as expected. But the other boy got his act together. UT Austin did accept him into their prestigious Macomb School of Business, and he earned the same degree as his Harvard friend, and after graduation, they both got the same job. So the moral of the story is where one starts does not dictate where he ends up. The boys both succeeded because they did what was right for them. 
Are you okay with your child doing things their way? Speaking of my favorite critter, the tortoise, I could have started Bright Futures Consulting five years before I actually started it. But I felt I needed a doctorate degree to work with the children of successful families and highly educated folks, and that PhD would add to my credibility. I self-accepted that I needed those credentials for myself and no one else. It gave me more confidence, made me more secure in myself. Others in my situation may not have needed the doctorate degree. For sure, an extra expense of time and tireless work, but it served me well, and it was aligned with my personal value of self-acceptance. So what does self-acceptance actually look like? In our practice, the first step toward self-acceptance is self-awareness. We use the Berkman assessment to help reveal students' usual behaviors, their needs, their interests, and what they can do to reduce stress. The Berkman report tells us a lot about the types of environments your student will succeed in, and we put it into a language that your teenager can actually understand. The Berkman assessment is like holding up a mirror to who you are. You know yourself best, but maybe you haven't really discovered why you are the way you are, how you're wired, and how your unique self interacts with others. At first, it's embarrassing. Wow, that's why I react to situations this way, and certain people really get on my nerves. It's also so accurate that it's a little terrifying. How can a report tell you more about yourself than you ever knew before? Well, when I first took the Berkman as an adult, I saw it as a tool to help eliminate my blind spots to point out where I'm most vulnerable to stress. Now I know I'm vulnerable here, here, and here, for instance. When I'm under stress, I become more aware that my instinct is to want to control situations and people, which only makes matters worse. Many moms relate to this tendency, especially with teenagers. Instead, I've learned to pause and remember that my stress self is not my best self. I'm my best, when I control myself and not try to control others. By doing so, I recognize what I can do to be in a healthier state. Surrender. Surrender is a scary word, and there's usually a lot of resistance when I advise my families to surrender. While driving to one of my final meetings for my dissertation, I myself pulled over, overcome with fear that my nine months of work, and yes, it was like being nine months pregnant and wondering if my child would be born healthy and normal, would be enough. Instead of gritting my teeth, I pulled over to the side of the road, prayed and breathed deeply, surrendering the outcome to God. I surrendered all my work for God's glory. In the same way, high school students are in a vital stage of development called adolescence. Eric Erickson, the famous developmental psychologist, pointed out that an adolescent's main developmental task is forming their separate and unique identity. Essentially, a teen is trying to find their voice and their own way to be their own person, not a clone of you. Many parents, maybe you, want to keep everything as it has been over the years. Parents want to continue providing constant guidance and protection because they still believe their child is that, a child. That's why we see teenagers rebelling. It's their way of asking their parents for permission to be their own person and control their lives. Parents, there are two types of encouragement during this season. Tell your teenager, you can do this. And if you fail, you can get back up and I will be there to cheer you on. The first type of surrender is putting the responsibility on your teenager and saying, that's what it feels like to be an adult. You want it, you get to try it, and I'm here to support you. That's appropriate scaffolding during the teen and young adult years. 
We obviously want to be supportive and encourage this type of scaffolding. However, if your teenager is rebelling, even against positive encouragement, you need to allow them to fail. Failing doesn't make them a failure. It just means they get to try again using what failure taught them. I once worked with a family whose dad was incredibly successful, but his personality couldn't be more different from his son's. There was a lot of conflict in the home because of their differences. While reviewing the son's Berkman, the dad started realizing how little he understood his son and how he was harming his son by the things he was doing and the way he was parenting him. To this day, that was one of the most powerful moments in my career. The dad looked across the table and accepted his son. He even had tears in his eyes. Especially, he accepted his son's differences, and they began to honor each other for their unique selves. The dad had to surrender his previous beliefs and accept his son. Acceptance is the most powerful thing you can give someone. It opens the door to authentic love. That healing and new relationship began with a Berkman assessment. Once there was daily conflict between father and son, with mom refereeing the relationship, but now there is peace and understanding. The dad became such a believer in this process that he's referred over 40 families to Bright Futures Consulting. When I talk about what the Berkman does for students, I often ask, what's the feather in Dumbo's trunk? The feather is the source of all Dumbo's confidence, a reminder that he's capable of magical things, even without the feather. For me, it's realizing that it's not about everyone liking me. That's not self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is a powerful tool, but there are a few pitfalls that can be harmful to its materialization. The key is to know what they are and how to look out for them. Theodore Roosevelt once said, comparison is the thief of joy. Think back to when you were a teenager. How was your relationship with your friends and siblings? Even though you're completely different from one another, you were still compared to one another by your parents, teachers, and even yourselves. When you start comparing yourself with others, it doesn't end well. Sometimes self-deprecation and even toxic jealousy creep in. No one can be you. You win just by being you every single time. Parents, are you comparing your children to one another or to other students in their schools? Are you joyfully celebrating their individualism? One of my students applied for and got accepted into Princeton. When he left for college, he left excited that he had reached one of his greatest goals. He certainly was a shining star. But when he got into Princeton, he encouraged the thief of joy. His roommate was friends with Prince Harry. All of a sudden, it didn't matter to him that he was an Ivy Leaguer. I checked in with him at the end of his first semester, and he kept saying that he felt like a nobody. It broke my heart. Sadly, it didn't matter to him that he was achieving his own college dream. All that mattered to him at that moment was that he didn't have high-profile friends like his roommate. If we teach our children not to compare themselves to others, there's so much more space for them to be proud of their own accomplishments and potential. We teach them this by setting an example. If we don't compare our children to others, they will follow suit. Think about the difference between binoculars and a magnifying glass. A pair of binoculars looks at things from afar. A magnifying glass is meant for up-close and personal examination. When you're working with your teenager on their dreams, you need to suspend all judgment. Let them explore and dream big with their pair of binoculars. Don't judge their dreams. Also, don't judge yourself for their dreams. They aren't ridiculous. They're dreams. They're meant to explore a wide range of possibilities. 
after you've let them dream big and explore what they want to do, then you give them the magnifying glass to examine who they are. Their dreams need to be authentic to who they are, not to who you are. This is where total judgment comes in. Are their dreams a representation of who they are? Let me explain how this works. One of my nephews has a speech impediment that leaves him unable to communicate well. It's difficult for us, his family, to sometimes understand him or navigate his broken language. But he wholeheartedly wants to be a speech pathologist. Well, while that's a great dream and we suspended our judgment for a while while he dreamed, we used our good judgment to redirect him into occupational therapy, not speech therapy. In occupational therapy, perfect enunciation is not a professional requirement. Suspend your judgment for the dreaming, but use good judgment to help your teenager plan their steps to achieve tangible goals. Parents, have your teenager do this short exercise. We'll include more detailed instructions in the show notes. Give them a piece of blank paper and have them use their non-dominant hand. So if they're right-handed normally, they use their left hand to draw a picture of what their future looks like. Suspend any judgment. This process actually taps into their subconscious where their dreams lie. If they're embarrassed to do this, allow them to try it in a safe place like their bedroom. Sit back for a minute once it's done. Something in the picture will stand out because it's a treasure map pointing to their their sole purpose. Another pitfall in the pursuit of self-acceptance is not listening to that little voice. I worked with a girl whose dream was to work at Disney. What more magical dream could there be? When she sat in the interview at Disney, though, she began to question herself. Is this really what I want? Because she was mature and listened to that little voice in her head, she was able to recalibrate. Sometimes the rubber has to hit the road before you realize that doing something else makes better sense. Another student didn't know where she wanted to go to college. Then she met a college recruiter from a college she'd never heard about before. In a, nor in a normal circumstance, the student might have just walked away and forgotten the encounter, but somehow she felt a connection with that recruiter. After two years of running into the same recruiter in various instances, she thought to herself, maybe I should go on a campus visit there. Immediately after signing in, she was overcome with emotion, and her decision for what she wanted was made. It doesn't make logical sense sometimes, but if she didn't listen to that little voice, who knows where she'd be? Sometimes we want to feel wanted. Listen to that little voice. Another destroyer of self-acceptance is not allowing for small wins. If I have students applying for a lot of REACH schools, I advise them to find an easy, rolling admission school to apply to. Once they get into that first college, they get that letter of acceptance, they begin to relax a little bit and ride the subsequent waves of more acceptances, and even they can handle an occasional rejection or deferral. One of my students' grandfathers built a Texas A&M campus in Costa Rica. It was amazing. It was a given that this student was going to get into Texas A&M, but he applied everywhere else just in case. This young man was so humble. When he got into Baylor University, he called me so excited that a college admitted him. Humble students like him just don't feel accepted until they are actually accepted by a college. Boy, he was in for a big surprise because every single college he applied to admitted him. Sometimes when you are too close to a situation, it becomes difficult to see clearly. That's why it's important to look for confirmation in the universe. Have you ever asked a parent or friend what they liked about you? 
their answers may reveal a lot more than what you have known on your own. Challenge your teenager to ask the following questions to people that know them well. Teachers, family, friends, they should trust these people to tell them the truth. They can ask, what do you like about me? What makes me who I am? Be sure to preface this challenge with the warning that they might have their feelings hurt a little bit. It also may not feel like positive feedback, and that's okay. You can always help them find the positive in the feedback. Another way to find confirmation in the universe is to talk about what your dreams are to strangers. Before I started Bright Futures Consulting, my husband said, you can't do this. But one day a total stranger asked me what I did for a living. At the time I wasn't working, so I told them my dream was to start my own college consulting company, Bright Futures. Strangely, this total stranger immediately affirmed me. She could hear that spark in my voice. She told me, you're going to do this. And you're going to be wildly successful in this. It wasn't that my husband wasn't supportive. It was that he lacked objectivity. Sometimes it takes someone with more objectivity to bring clarity to your vision. I gained energy from that affirmation. And here we are 20 years later. Parents, while they're seeking confirmation from outside sources, validate your teenager and speak affirmations over them. If your student is an underachiever, step back and accept them for where they are right now. Speak to yourself and your teenager. I'm not happy, but I'm not going to change you. Accept them and try not to fix them. It then puts the responsibility on your teenager to do the changing. Your student needs to feel that pressure to mature into an adult from within. If your student is an overachiever, speak over them how hard they're being on themselves and reassure them that they will be fine. If you're struggling to find what to say, Think about how acceptance would look to you. Think of a time when someone affirmed you. What did they say and how did that make you feel? Your student has a secret weapon. Did you know that? Their secret weapon is themselves. No one can be them. No one can teach them to be them. And they simply can't fake who they are. One of my students was a superior soccer player. She absolutely loved to bake and eat. She could afford to eat a lot because she ran around playing soccer and she burned tons of calories. She would find these crazy recipes or combine recipes, bake them and take them next door to her neighbor. The neighbor was so gracious and accepted every single tidbit and gave my student very specific feedback on her cooking and baking. What I liked about this was how you mixed cranberry in the tart. It was spot on and constructive. Parents, schedule a standing date with your teenager to respond and give them similar feedback. Remember to affirm them in who they are. If you struggle with this, think back to how you've been affirmed in your past. If you haven't received affirmation in the past due to abuse or neglect, find someone and ask them for affirmation. You need that just as much as your teenager needs it. Parents, okay, here's your homework. Yes, we can't talk about college admissions and transitions without giving you homework. Many parents we work with are afraid of not being relevant or cool. I hate to break the news to you, but being a parent isn't supposed to be relevant or cool. Parents should strive to be a source of wisdom and safety instead. Here are some phrases you can use to help your teenager accept themselves. Are you okay? You seem really stressed today. Can we talk? What I like about you most is... You did extremely well in... I love seeing you when you do this. 
As always, all the activities will be in the show notes at brightfuturesllc.com backslash show notes. Joining us this time on Self Accepted, guiding families through college admissions and big transitions. Created by your college counseling experts at Bright Futures Consulting. You can find more resources or schedule a complimentary consultation with a Bright Futures expert today on the Bright Futures Consulting website. That address is brightfuturesllc.com slash consultation hyphen podcast. If you like this month's podcast episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. You're officially one step closer to helping your student accomplish their college dreams. Their future will thank you. Thank you.